Amen. Well, good morning. If you got your Bible, and I pray you do, I ask you to turn with me this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to share with us this morning a message that I want to call Semper Fidelis. Y'all have probably heard a Marine say Semper Fi. Some of you knows what that means. Some of you don't, but you will know in a minute. But if you start reading with me here, we're going to read this passage together. Paul's writing, and he's talking to the church in Corinth. And he says, I, I want y'all to consider, I want a man to, so, to consider us as servants of Christ and as stewards, as managers of the mysteries of God. And I know this morning you're going to say right off of that, I'm not in full-time ministry. Are you saved? Do you have a husband or a wife? Are you in a marriage? Do you have a family? If you've got a family, you're a servant. If you're saved this morning, we're all servants of the Lord. And he's all blessed us with abilities, with gifts, with something that we can use for him. Peter said it this way. He said, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards. And as you read right here, Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 4, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's the verse I want you to focus on. It is required. It's not an option. It's a requirement in a steward. That's a manager, an overseer, that one be found faithful. He says, but with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. And he says, I know nothing against myself. My conscience, he's saying, it's not bothering me. I'm not convicted. I've done anything wrong. Yet I'm not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels, that's the motives, of the heart. Then one's praise will come from God. More than 200 years ago, when the United States Marine Corps was being formed, much time was given by our government to consider an appropriate motto. They finally chose this Latin term, Semper Fidelis. Semper Fi is engraved in the mind of every Marine. Any Marine I ever met, you're going to hear him sooner or later say it. Semper Fi. What does that mean? Does anyone know? Well, what it literally means is to be always faithful. When you hear a Marine say Semper Fi, he's saying always faithful. That's the... The, the, the motto, that's what every Marine lives by. And friends, I want you to remember something. You may say, well, I'm not a minister like Paul. But if you're saved, you've been given something valuable. You've been given a lot. And Jesus said this. He said, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of them they will ask the more. If the Lord saved you and the Lord blessed you with a marriage, a marriage that 
Both of you are children of God. You're both saved by his grace. And his grace has been activated in your life. And he's enabling y'all. And he's empowering y'all. And he's enlightening y'all. And he's giving you all the tools, all of the abilities you need to have the kind of marriage he created us to have. Friends, we've been given a lot. Can I get an amen? And he's given us families that can be built upon the foundation of Christ that has the full counsel of his word. And friends, he's given us all that. He's committed himself to us through Christ. Christ lives in us. So we can all say every one of us has been much given. And the Bible says that because we've been saved, we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who is at work in us. And so... You don't just get saved and get to do anything you want and live however you want and decide whatever you want and never have any accountability to the Lord, especially when you finally see him. There's this thought in a lot of our Baptist people's minds that when I go to heaven, everything down here is going to be forgotten. No. You're going to stand before the Lord to be rewarded, to, 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 to be given the things that you've done in this body for his glory. That was from a pure heart of motivated by your commitment and faithfulness to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, look what he says over in chapter 3 with me. To see that I'm not just pitching out something to you to burden you down with something. I'm here to give you something that will set you free. Look at verse 11. He says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. Every one of us is to be building upon that foundation. We're to be serving from that foundation. He says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. When? When we stand before the Lord, for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Now this can either excite you or it can scare you. But the good news is in verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So what we're doing because of Jesus and what he did for us and we're serving and, and we're, we're doing what we can to bring glory to his name. You're going to have a reward. But the things we're doing that's nothing of valuable like hay, straw, and stubble. The things we let waste our life that we don't use our time. We don't take advantage of our abilities. We don't use our financial resources for God's glory. Thank God for grace, but there's going to be a consequence. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Golly, you mean there's going to be someone suffer loss when we stand before the Lord? Everybody who wasted their life living it for themselves instead of Jesus. Look what he says. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet through the fires of the judgment of Jesus Christ. Friends, there is accountability. There's going to be, there can't be a reward if there's not a loss for those who didn't do anything. And I want to talk to you this night, this morning, about the importance of always being faithful. The Bible says that Jesus is looking for faithful men. Micah said in his day, the faithful man has perished from the earth. 
There is no upright men among us. Michael would feel at home today if he was here to preach for the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us that God is looking for men, women, to stand for him. It says also in the days of Ezekiel that he looked for a man to stand upon the wall, to stand in the gap for the people of God, but he couldn't find one. But guys, I'm here today to tell you this morning that the eyes, according to the, the word of God, 2 Chronicles 6, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And friends, in 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 9, a godly king named Jehoshaphat had brought the people back into Jerusalem and he was bringing reform and bringing revival and he was bringing the people back to God and he began to to delegate responsibilities to the Levites and the priests and to the, the, the spiritual leaders of Israel at that time. And he told them, he commanded them, he says, Thus you shall act in the fear of the Lord faithfully with a loyal heart. Guys, listen, if you're not going to act with a loyal heart, faithful to the Lord, because of your awe and your fear, godly fear of him, you're not going to be given very big, important tasks to do for him. The church today doesn't see a lot of God moving in it because I believe the majority of us cannot say semper fi. The Marines also say that they're looking for a few good men. May I tell you today that the Lord Jesus Christ has been looking for them long before the Marines showed up. And he's looking for us today. Men who will lead their families with courageous guts to stand up for the truth. Who will stand up for Jesus. Who will quit bowing to, to peer pressure and to the community around us. And will stand no matter what for the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God. Men who will lead families and women that will get under them and follow men like that. And be godly women who stand up for godliness and Christ-likeness. Who understand their place in God's plan and purpose who come together as a a team that's invincible when they walk in the power and strength of God enabled by his grace because they're faithful they can be entrusted with the treasures and the blessings that only God can pour on those who will use them correctly who use them for his glory friends a steward a steward the most essential quality of a servant or a steward is he's obedient and loyal to his master. It doesn't matter how much other things he can do. It doesn't matter how good of abilities and talents and how many other things he can contribute. If he's not loyal and he's not faithful, he'll fail his master. We got so many people today, we find these celebrities with all of the abilities to influence people. They, they, they have all these qualities, but they lack the biggest and most important quality can't trust them you can't trust them and friends I want you to think about this today Semper Fi Delis Semper Fi I bet Bart knows what that means he's a marine and there's others in here that know that's the code that they not only live by that's the code they're willing to die by you see it doesn't say most of the time faithful it doesn't say sometimes faithful. It says always faithful. 
Now I want to ask you something. Paul says right here, let a man consider us, he's speaking to him and Apollos and probably Timothy and other leaders as servants of Christ. Well, if you're saved and Jesus is Lord, if he's your Lord, you're a servant too. And just as he's committed to Paul, what you see Paul was committed to, that he had given him the responsibilities to do, he's got some for you. And not only are we servants, but we're stewards. We've all been blessed with gifts and abilities and blessings. In America, we got more assets than any nation ever in the history of the world. Our, our finances, we're responsible to use them because it's God's finances. Our abilities, he, he woke us up today. He gave us strength. He gave us a body that we can live in and operate through. And in that body, everyone can do certain things. But it's also limited by time. He only gave you so much time. How are you using your time here on earth for the Lord? Are you always faithful? Can he trust you? Can he count on you? Because we just were singing that song, it's wonderful to trust the Lord. But boy, it's real wonderful when the Lord can trust us and use us to do so many things that our unfaithfulness hinders us from being able to do. I want you to think about this. He says, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Friends, you might not think you're a steward of the mystery of God, but to a lost and dying world, the basic salvation, the basic plan of Jesus died for you. He was buried and he rose again and he lives today now to live for you is a mystery to them. To the average, progressive, far left American, the message of the cross is a foolish message that is a mystery. They don't understand it, but we do. <laughs> But not only do we understand the gospel and the salvation plan, if you've been walking with Jesus, you understand the mysteries of his wisdom and his knowledge and the difference he makes in your life. Would you ever go back to without Jesus? Even when you have failed, even when things aren't going the way you like, life's better with him, amen? If he is found trustworthy, a steward must be first Always faithful. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I'm fighting this battle that God has just showed me. Because Paul says in verse 2, moreover, it is required. It's not an option. It's required in a steward to be found faithful. To be found faithful. And he said, with me, it's a very small thing what you think of me. In fact, I'm not concerned with any human court what they say about me. Who cares what the Supreme Court decides about the church? What we need to worry about is what Jesus says about us, the church. Who cares what our lost neighbors say about us? Who even cares if you really get down to it what one another says about each other? You see, Paul said... I don't even see anything wrong with what I'm doing. I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clean as far as I know, but that doesn't make me not guilty. That doesn't justify me. He said, because it's the Lord who will one day evaluate me, who will one day judge me. I don't know about y'all, but that got my attention this week. You don't get to do what you want at that church and 
do it how you want? When's the last time you heard clear directions from the Lord? When's the last time the Lord interrupted you? When's the last time the Lord truly showed and up and was in charge of your life? And I'm just asking you the same. You see, a steward is a person employed to manage another's property. This ain't our church, it's Jesus. Especially a large house or a state. I hate to tell you, but God's king, the king Jesus, owns more than Bethany. He owns it all. He owns the kingdom of God. We all serve this king. A stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organization or a property. Guys, there is no greater organization than the kingdom of God. There is no greater property on the earth than the ones that represent the church, the body of Christ and we are all been given a stewardship to be able to serve him to manage it for him to use it for him and friends I want you to think about this as we look at this because Paul makes it clear right here he says in verse 4 I know of nothing against myself yet I'm not justified by this for he who judges me is the Lord therefore judge nothing before the time what time when we'll all stand before the Lord until the Lord comes he's coming back we don't just keep getting to do this and not one day answer to him and look at what he goes on and says there in verse 5 who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart then Each one's praise will come from God. Man, we all strive. We all hear it in funerals all the time. I've been to funerals where they said it, and I'm thinking, oh, he might be in for a surprise. Well done, good and faithful servant. I got news for you. Most Christians are not going to hear that. We're going to say, come on in. This old preacher I used to love back home. He said one time, he says, man, I've wasted my whole life. He said, I was 42 years old. I had a heart attack. He said, I was doing all kinds of things that didn't amount to nothing when it came to God. He said, I was laying in a hospital bed. He said, I was a state senator for the state of Mississippi. And I said, Lord, if there's a such thing as slopping hogs in heaven, that's going to be my job if I die from this. But, Lord, if you'll heal me, if you'll get me back out here, he said, I'll serve you for the rest of my days. And he lived and died pastoring a church. Y'all know me with names, so don't think it's wrong. You know who I'm not. I'll think of it here by the end of the sermon. But anyway, guys, we need to understand this morning that it's important that we be good stewards. I want you to think about this. What are the qualities of a good steward? Well, the first thing a good steward realizes that everything belongs to God. This isn't ours. You say, that's my house. No, it ain't. You're just getting to live there. (laughs) This is my church. No, we just get to come here and be here. It's my money. It ain't your money. Ten percent of it's God's. The rest is mine. Where did you read that in the Bible? You're accountable to all of it. He's only asking for ten percent. And so he tells us that we need to be responsible. Everything he's given us, he's given. It's his. The breath that woke me up, the strength that keeps me going, the the mind to think, everything's from God. The older you get, the more you realize it, don't you? But guys, listen, not only is everything his, 
It's one thing to realize that. It's another thing to recognize we're responsible to be good stewards with it. But guys, listen, we got to have a loyal heart. A good steward has a loyal heart to God. He's loyal, which means he's truthful. He's honest. A steward must be truthful to God. You can't fool him, guys. The hypocrite was the one Jesus hated the most. The ones he loved the most was the harlots and the, the drunkards and the, the, the despised tax collectors. The ones he rebuked the most was the puffed up religious people who said, boy, we look wonderful with their robes. And he said, you look like a whitewashed wall. You're beautiful on the outside, but I see in your heart. Nothing did Jesus despise more than people who acted like they were loyal to God, but they weren't truthful. They weren't honest and they weren't faithful. Now, there is a heart that can fail. We're all weak. But he knows a heart who looks at failure as okay, acceptable. And he knows the difference between a person whose heart is, I want to be faithful. Find me faithful. And friends, listen, if we lack these qualities, we are untrustworthy as stewards of God. Now, you, you got some business people in here. Some of you have had businesses. You own stuff. Would you let somebody who was not faithful because he was dishonest and he wasn't truthful and he wasn't loyal, you knew he'd stab you in the back? He didn't recognize his responsibility to, as your employer to put you first and your, would you give him a job? Would you hire him? Because that's what's wrong with a bunch of our businesses today. Can't find good help. And I look at that and I say, man, I like McDonald's. No, I don't like McDonald's. I'm sorry. I messed up. The only thing I like at McDonald's is the chicken sandwich. But I like a Whopper. I like Popeye's chicken. But have you noticed you'll go to some of them sometimes. They got the same product. They got the ability to do everything the other one does. But if you go there about two or three times and it's bad, quit going there. They got bad management. They got bad workers. They got the ability to have good fried chicken, but they don't. See, we just like a bad Popeye's or a bad Whopper. The Whopper, when it's done right, it's awesome. Amen. I wish I could have one right now. But a jacked up Whopper ain't worth going in for. And the church is no different. A church filled with unreliable, unfaithful, untruthful, untrustworthy people will always struggle to operate and they'll always not accomplish what they have the ability to accomplish with the product that we have. We have the greatest product. We have Jesus. We have the greatest instruction book, the Word of God, and the gospel can fix anybody. And here we are struggling along. I say to myself, why do I struggle? God says, I can show you if you really want to know. <laughs> do you really want to know? today because the question we all need to ask ourselves is God can God trust you to be faithful doesn't matter how good I can preach doesn't matter how much I can make y'all like me I'm pretty good at making friends I look at myself as a pretty likable guy doesn't matter how much y'all like me doesn't even matter how much y'all love me if I'm not faithful to God and it's the same with you well, he can preach the paint off the walls on a good day. That don't matter either. 
if I'm not faithful, if I'm not loyal to him, to where he can trust me, he's not going to give me but so much. And he says, to he who has been given much, much is required. And to he who has been committed much, much is going to be asked of him. And guys, every one of us here can say that we got a lot that God has trusted us with. Just think if we'd be more faithful, how much more he could trust us and what he could do with us. I'm a firm believer that God blesses obedience every time. Every time. And that disobedience comes with a cost every time. God wants to bless us. God wants to use us. God wants to pour his glory out through us. But when we are habitually being untrustworthy because we're not faithful, because we're not honest, we're not truthful, and we're not loyal to Jesus first, we're really not treating this like it's his. We're treating it like it's ours. We're not recognizing that we have responsibilities. Yes, we're saved by grace, but that grace saved us. And with that salvation, there's people dependent on us. And we are responsible. Friends, I want you to think about this. Simplify. Always faithful. If a Marine's not faithful, except when it's to his benefit... If he's not going to be faithful when it's difficult, if he's only going to be faithful when it's going to better his life, he's not going to be of any use to you. At the most important time for a Marine to be faithful is when it's death and life. When it's do or die. When it's if we don't stay committed, it's the end of us. There's nothing that will hurt the cause of Christ more than uncommitted people. I want you to think about this. He said this about Moses. Moses' sister and his brother were accusing Moses against God, making accusations. They were jealous of Moses. They wanted God to do the same with them that he was doing with Moses. So they was complaining to God about Moses. You know what Moses said? He said, it's not so with my servant Moses. He said, all the other prophets, he said, they just hear it through their spirit. I impress. He says, but not so with Moses because he is faithful in all of my house. That's Numbers 12, 7. Go read that chapter. It's awesome. He said, I speak to him face to face, even plainly. And not in dark sayings. We all got to look through a mirror dimly and figure it out as a mystery through the word and by the spirit. But he said, when it came to Moses, I looked at him face to face. I sat down with him and he sees the form of the Lord. Why? Because he was faithful in all of my house. There's nothing greater God will ever say about us when we die and leave this earth. Didn't it say that was my loyal, faithful servant. Always semper fi. Now I know we can't be perfect in our faithfulness, but Lord knows there's room for us all to do better. I like how Tory put it when he talked about sinless. He said none of us can be sinless, but we all definitely can sin less. 
And friends, I want you to think about this with me. As we prepare for this invitation, what is it in your life that continually keeps you from being faithful? Keeps you from doing what God wants you to do? I'm reading a book right now that has really been an eye-opener to me. I never heard the story. Any of, you had heard this, any of you ever heard the saying, burn your ships, burn all your ships? You ever heard that saying? Apparently, that's a familiar saying in places. I've never been there, apparently. But a man named Hernan Cortez had a plan. He wanted to lead an expedition into Mexico to capture its vast treasures. You've heard of him, Cortez. He come in pretty much wiped out the Aztecs. He told his plan to the king of Spain, who was so impressed that he gave Cortez 11 ships and 700 men and financed his expedition to go invade what is Mexico. He landed in Mexico in the spring of 1519 at a place they call Veracruz. And when he landed, he failed to tell the king the rest of his plan. Y'all know the first thing he did when he landed? Is there any? As soon as he landed, as soon as they got all the supplies off the ship, he burned every ship. He burned them all. Here they were in a foreign world, not a foreign country, a place they did not yet know very much about except what hearsay had told them, a hostile land full of cactuses and rattlesnakes and Aztec Indians and Terrible weather. They've just had a couple months, probably horrific voyage to get there. They're just glad to see land. And the first thing he does upon arrival is burn all his ships. You see, when he burned all them ships, he immediately created instant commitment. (laughs) There was no going back. There was no more retreat. There's no more giving up on the plan. He said, my plan is to invade. My plan is to conquer. It's either fight, commit. It's victory or death. It's do or die. There's no going back. You see, all of us have ships in our lives that we need to burn. Things that you keep going back to. That don't lead you to Christ. It leads you back away from Christ. Things that are in the world where you can always go back to the world you came from. Oh, there are all kinds of things. God showed them to me. He showed me some I didn't like. As a matter of fact, how many of you likes Facebook or Instagram? It's a big hit in our family. You know, I'd never really been much on it, but Diane's been telling me, what are you, I'd be sitting around. We don't have a TV. Thank God we burnt that ship. (laughs) But she'd say, what are you looking at? And my reply would always be Facebook. Well, what's on there? Oh, just Facebook people and Facebook stuff. And y'all all all know that you can flip through Facebook, and you'll see people you ain't seen in a while, and there's some good stuff. But if you flip along enough, there's some bad stuff. There's these little things called reels. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There'll be three of them in a row. Reels. It'll be a little clip. And sometimes it looks like something you're interested in. Like 
you know, I, I was fishing in boats, and I always Googling stuff about boats and fishing, so all the Facebook fishing junk would come up, and fishing advertisements and fishing reels, and you're looking at fishing, and it's guys sometimes you even know, and some guys you're looking at, and he's catching this big bass or this big, and you're watching a reel, but you can flip, and it goes to another one, and it goes to another one. You know what? If you don't believe me, ask God to help you. I guarantee you every fifth one you ain't supposed to look at. It's either got vulgar language, and it, it would come on and say the F word or something down and say, what's that on your phone? Boy, I'd flip it. I said, nothing. It was just, I didn't know him. I didn't know he would talk like that. Did that make me quit? No, it just made me keep looking. Then I came upon one, and it was a fishing pole and an arm. And I start watching it, and that arm's attached to a woman fishing in a bikini. And I said, well, I want to see what she's going to catch, Lord. Do you believe that's why I watched it? You know what? About every fifth one's going to be a half-naked woman or a dirty-mouthed individual speaking all kinds of vile and stuff you shouldn't see. You say, well, if she ain't naked, I'm here to tell you, man, if you're a normal, healthy man, if you start and keep looking at half-naked women, it's a matter of time for you looking up, finding naked ones. And God told me many times to get rid of that. She even was his voice piece, and I don't like to hear God through her. <laughs> I'm reading this book, and God's saying, burn all your ships. And I, I, I know when I hear God, I call Jonathan. I said, Jonathan, um, how do I get Facebook off my phone, and how do I get me off of Facebook? I don't know how. I tried to do it, and I don't know my password. <laughs> so Jonathan, his task in the morning it's we're going to burn Facebook down. Amen. Now, does that make me holy? No. Lord knows I can find that anywhere I want. But ain't it convenient when that ship's just sitting there anchored? And it's always in the back of your mind that we can go back when we want to. See, as long as Cortez men knew them ships was there, they would have never followed him. He'd have never been successful. He'd have never conquered Mexico. Because they'd have had a bunch say, let's go back. You know why us, so many of us today aren't conquering the world for Christ? We're not victorious and being led in triumph by Christ. It's we got a whole lot of stuff in our life that we need to burn down, that we keep going back to. And as long as you keep those ships on your mind, you're never going to be focused on the end of the destination which is to be where Jesus wants us to be, doing what Jesus wants us to do. I'm here. It's a simple message. Semper Fi. I'm most of the time faithful God. That's what I was telling him, Lord. I can honestly say that I'm even up in the high percentages of faithfulness. But guys, listen. If we ever get to the place where we say, but this part of being unfaithful is okay. We're all the way unfaithful. If you're not going to be always faithful, can we really say we're faithful? And I'm here to tell you this morning that I don't know what God's showing you, but I know we live in a time when these things right here are killing us. It's no accident. Dang, how'd that come on? See, that's what it does. That's a distraction. Let me turn that off. 
There's no accident that the forbidden fruit is on this. That apple with the bite out of it, that's what started it all. You know what I think? This easy access to all this information and all of this whatever you want, it started with that forbidden fruit. This is going to be the one in the end. Technology. How many of you have been hearing all this rave about artificial intelligence? That's real, folks. That ain't nothing to take lightly. There's only one thing that can give you wisdom and knowledge to fulfill your life and purpose. And it ain't on a social media. It's Jesus. It's following him. And Jesus said that if we follow him, we will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. He is the one to cling to. And it's worth burning some ships to be able to have him where he belongs in your life, to where he can lead you. Friends, if anything is before him, he's not going to be second. He's first or he ain't Lord. You say, God, this is a difficult message, but this is the good news. There's not anybody here who he won't forgive, who he won't grant repentance, that he won't give a second and a third and a fourth chance to burn your ships. Today, it's not hard to figure out. God is easily able to show you. Is there anything that you need to burn This is just one that I'm willing to tell you. I got sumps between me and Jesus. But guess what? If I don't deal with them, Jesus knows. And we're going to stand before him one day. Today, we need people that are committed to Christ and his church and his cause to make a difference. You know what people need to see today? is faithful people. That's a rare quality. Committed people, they're hard to find. But God's looking today, all over the earth, all throughout. Will you be one that you can tell to him, simplify, you can count on me, Lord. I'm going to do my best. And our best will never be perfect, but our best can be enough when we're honest and genuine, when we are letting the Lord have us. Because we're giving up the things that's in our way. I'm going to say this and we're going to close. The Bible says that to be his disciple, that's what he wants each of us to be, a disciple so that he can use us. He wants to train us and equip us to do what he did through us. He said the first thing you got to do is deny yourself. That means the things you like that God doesn't like, you got to burn them. You got to get rid of them. Deny yourself. And then he says, you got to take up your cross. That means the things that God likes that you don't like, you got to receive them. Now, there's a lot of things God wants for me my flesh don't like. How about you? And there's a lot of things my flesh likes that my God hates. So every day it's a decision. You're going to burn ships and then you're going to what? Take up your cross. And then, last of all, you get to follow Jesus. It's impossible to follow Jesus if you're not going to deny yourself and burn your ships. It's impossible to follow Jesus if you're not going to take up your cross and go on the mission and let him lead. 
Today, he may be telling you to join this church. He may be telling you to, to stand up and, and surrender to ministry. I had to do that one day. Jonathan had to do that one day. It's not easy, but it's a great honor to do that. And today, he may be telling you to, to step it up, to embrace something, to take up a cross and carry it for his glory. He may be telling you to burn a ship in your life. But I'm going to tell you what, if Jesus is Lord, he's doing that in your life or he ain't Lord. Today, I'm asking you to stand. We're going to pray. We're going to have a time of invitation. Lord, I've preached what you told me. Lord, you beat me up all week, but I thank you for your mercy and grace, for your sustaining help. And, Lord, there's people here that need you this morning. There's people that have seen things they may have not seen in a long time. Things have been brought to light that were in the darkness. And today, Lord, Satan... He's here with us. He's saying, oh, don't listen to that preacher. He's a fanatic. God loves you anyway. You don't have to quit. I know your family's in the shambles. I know your marriage is struggling. I know you're empty as a child of God, but, oh, just keep doing all those things. Don't burn those ships. Don't be stupid enough to take up that cross. Just be comfortable. Just stay like you are. Don't come closer to Jesus. Stay like you are. And you'll continue to be as you are. But Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me and I'll help you. He's talking to a lost person here this morning. There's somebody here that's not saved. You're undone. You're going to go to hell. But Jesus wants you to go to heaven. He wants you to enter in on a journey that's life-changing, that he'll never leave you or forsake you, but you've got to make that choice to take the first step. He wants you to step out for his glory and come to him and let everyone else see that he's saving you this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do that. If you're coming this morning to be saved, just come to the front. Jesus will do the rest. And if those of us who are saved and you have things in your life, I'm going to ask you to burn some ships. I'm going to ask you to take up some crosses. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I've come to make you Lord again. I've come to get rid of some things, so give me strength. Give me help. Lord, I want to be real. Simplify. I want to be faithful to you. Always, Lord, help me to do that. I'm inviting you. It's an invitation to come if you want. The Lord is calling. Amen.